on today's episode of the Bolts Broadcast. It's been tough times in Tampa. Stay tuned. Season 4, episode 44 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Groshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Sunday evening? I am doing pretty well. Thank you for asking. It's really nice of you to ask. But my one complaint is that it's very allergy for, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the right word would be for that, uh, for, Ch- for Chase today. Just a little, little stuffy. Um, that temperature, weather keeps keeps going cuckoo bananas flipping all over the place so you know the, the sinuses are are a little wonky but other than that you know i'm chilling ready to pod how about you i think it was the right word allergy that, that sounds right to me perfect i just wanted to make sure yeah uh I, i'm doing great it's been 50 here all weekend it's been fantastic uh tomorrow's supposed to be 68 can't wait it's gonna be awesome uh and i got to go to the combine as well down in indianapolis and that was a good time as well Got to hang out with the pops. Good overall weekend. Now I'm ready to pod. We've got two tonight doing Bolts broadcast, talking about some stuff that's not super exciting. The Bolts have been struggling as of recent, but our other show, We're Not Professionals, we're continuing our draft coverage as we lead into the 2023 NFL draft. We're covering our wide receivers in this next episode. So if you're interested in that, take a peek at the We're Not Professionals page. I'll say by Tuesday. Uh, we're hoping to get it out tomorrow, but the computer's been a little wonky, a little bit harder to upload. We're not professionals compared to Bolt's broadcast, so it'll be out no later than Tuesday. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and take a peek. But Chase, like I mentioned, the Bolts, they've been struggling. We're going to be talking about that today. Also going to be talking about the final couple of trades that came in during the trade deadline. Possible expansion in the NHL. And then, of course, take a look at the number one overall prospect coming into this year's NHL draft. We'll start first with the Bolts, their struggles. It includes the old coach benching the number one line for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, when we go over the game, you know, uh, you'll maybe start understanding why over the games, I should say. Uh, But on Saturday against Buffalo, John Cooper decided to sit down the likes of Nikita Kudrov, Steven Samkos, Braden Point, Alex, or Alex Hedman. Who the hell is Alex Hedman? Victor Hedman. Um, you know, none of them beat the 20 minute mark, including Victor Hedman, who's, you know, the team's top D man. Um, of the forwards, I think Kudrov had the most with like 16 minutes. And, you know, it's surprising based on how good these guys are and how much they normally play. But when you hear what Coop said, yeah, you know, he, he was just kind of talking about like these guys need to be held accountable. Um, there, you know, you can't let guys get complacent at the end of the day, you got to play your best players. You think give you the best chance to win. And in that game, you did not feel like those guys were it. So it's kind of a game to be, or a move to be set as a reality check for these players. Like, look, if you're not playing well, like, I, I, I don't get, I don't care. I'm, I'm playing the other guys. At the end of the day, it's the NHL. All these guys are very good hockey players. If you're not going to do what I need you to do, then you're not going to play. So hopefully it kind of sets a good tone going forward for the rest of the season. You know, we got about another month and a half left, um, but it, it's still it's strange to see a little bit. I, I'm happy that uh, Coop has the balls to do it because most NHL coaches would not. 
Yeah, and Coop recognizes that the team hasn't been in the best spot as of recent. He said, we're playing the game slow, and we've done it now for probably a week and a half to two weeks. And we've talked about it here on the show that just overall, after the the All-Star break, it feels like the team hasn't been clicking like they were at the start of January. And it's been unfortunate, but now we're sitting on a five-game losing streak, which is tough. And that adds up. Because our last three, we were hoping to get four points out. Five or six would have been fantastic. Yeah, not the case. The only point we got all weekend was against the Penguins when it went to OT, and we still lost that five to four. Yeah, it's dude. It's it's just it's been the shitter, you know, for lack of a better term. If if you've seen if you've seen Goon, um, you know that's a direct quote from. Gord Ogilvy, uh, you know the legend himself. But yeah, it's it's been a tough little stretch here. Yeah, the Penguins game. Even though we did pull a point out, it's it's tough to see a Penguins team that is aging. And we'll look at some of their their trades that they made uh, at the trade deadline as well. And they just continued to age themselves because rather than going out and getting players that might be able to help extend the window, I personally felt like they went and got guys that are already past their primes. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you know, 38 years old, but guys that maybe didn't have long enough primes. But to see our team drop to the Penguins wasn't, uh, wasn't a huge fan of that one. Vasilevsky had another tough game, an eight four four save percentage, and just it, it feels off. Yeah, it definitely is. Don't get me wrong. You still have City Crosby. You still have Eddie Malkin. You still have Chris Letang. You still have Jake Gensel. All these are fantastic NHL players. No matter how old Sidney Crosby is, he's always going to be one of the best players in the game. So it's it's not a game you can ever go into take it lightly. I don't think Tampa did. It just kind of wasn't the result they wanted. And yeah, you do expect them to win this game because of how much better their goaltending is, how rock solid this team is from top to bottom. You, you expect them to go in and win every game, even if you're playing a, one, you know, a better team, if, even if you're playing generational talents. We have our own generational talents. It, it shouldn't be any different. But you know, we, we drop the game. We give Pittsburgh the extra point. We only take one away, which I, I just got to say, I, I, as every day, my hatred for the two, like this point system grows more and more. They really need to switch to the, switch to the three to one. A, how they can just make up a point out of nowhere. It drives me crazy, but that's beside the point for today. Um, it, it just, yeah, kind of wasn't the result you wanted. If, you know, of the last few games, I'd say this was one of the better efforts, but it doesn't mean it was anything good. Yeah. And then another horrible performance in net with Brian Elliott putting a, a 0.853 against the Sabres. We were on the board first, thanks to Braden Point, but. Five straight out of Buffalo really didn't help us and lost it five to three with, like you mentioned earlier in the show, our superstars not playing in the third. Yeah, I mean, they, they just didn't earn it. And they started playing a lot better in the third period. And, you know, Alex Lauren got two goals. Nick Perbix is continuing his fantastic season, grabbing an assist on, on that goal. Um, you know, Hedman did get a point there later in the period, but the other guys just, he didn't play a ton. The other guys didn't play really at all in the third. So, it's a shame that it that it came to that, but they they did find a way to get a couple couple goals here in the third, which just shows that if the guys you know top guys aren't going, the bottom guys are at least willing to try and step up. And you know we saw a little bit of results, uh, which is good because there's going to be times where your top guys just aren't playing well, even if they are trying, they they might not be playing well. So hopefully this, this as a whole, just kind of going forward, it's a wake up call. The hopefully the depth guys 
realize, okay, like, I, I do have a legitimate chance at more ice time here. Like, I just got to keep doing my thing. And this could be just a really good kind of positive push for the, for the whole team going forward. Yeah, I think the only real bright spot during the actual game was – the the jerseys. I mean, anytime the Sabres bring out the mm-hmm. heads, it's it's fun to see. But uh, definitely a tough loss there. And then you have probably the worst performance we've seen by the team all season long. Uh, just earlier today, the Tampa Bay Lightning dropped six to nothing against the Carolina Hurricanes, only mustering fourteen total shots. It it was a sad excuse for a hockey game. And you can change your wording. It just flat out was the worst game that Tampa's played all year. Just horrible. Nothing going for them. Yeah, Carolina, they, they played well. Um, it, it was all their stars kind of getting on the board. Gus Weir got, his, I believe that was his first goal of the team. So, you know, f- fair enough. But still, it's it's ridiculous how bad that Tampa was in this game. You know, Vasilevsky had, you know, had to face a lot of shots. But still, the saves you expect them to make, you, you don't expect them to have an 8-4-2. Uh, you just... It's just like it's really disappointing how horrible this team has looked right now, and how undeserving a lot of these players are for ice time. Because again, you know, we're still seeing Skamkos and Kucherov like they're they're kind of you know playing less minutes. Um, you know, Hedman was banged up in this game a little bit, so like we'll see what happens there. But like it's just disappointing seeing this team kind of perform it the way they are. Yeah, really hoping that we get good news on Victor Hedman. Uh, you mentioned it. He got banged up. It was on a hit by Svechnikov. He came back in the game, and then after a shift, he was back out and didn't return. So really hoping for some good news on Victor Hedman, but it, it's been so bad recently. And uh, now it's a five-game losing streak, which five games doesn't seem all that bad, but when you take a look back at the last you know, 10, 15 games when you're only picking up, you know, four or five wins, you know, that adds up compared to, you know, just five losses in a row. But where, where do we go from here? Like John Cooper has the balls to pull this kind of stuff off, but the very next game, the team only musters 14 total shots and it's against a great team like the Hurricanes. Everyone can have a, have an off day, but just it feels different it feels similar to our very first season here with the bolts broadcast we're saying john cooper might need to go like the team is just not performing right now since the all-star break something is different the team is not performing john cooper you can see is trying to make these big changes but it's off yeah it's just it's really all the all the word good word is off and it's just tough with how busy this month is i mean we play every Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday for the rest of the year, essentially, or the rest of the month, essentially. Uh, we get one Sunday off there at the end of the month, but it, it's a lot of hockey that's going to be being played. So it's not a good time to be off. You're, you're going to have to figure this out soon. You have to figure it out on the fly. You know, you got a little bit of a home sandwich might help. Getting, you know, guys getting back, save their families a little longer. Practicing at home ice, maybe that helps things. Uh, it, it, you got to find a way to make it work. Okay. It, it's. It's hard to try to blame, uh, whether it be a coach or you know a couple of players, whatever it may be. It's it's hard to put the blame on a specific person or group when you're coming off of three straight Stanley Cup appearances, two cups, uh, obviously back to back just a year ago. Um, but it it's I don't know, it's weird. 
it's just it's disappointing. That's that's what that's the word I want to use. It's just not something that we're necessarily used to. So that's why it's disappointing. Hopefully, I, we're just going to keep relaying relaying the same message. Hopefully, they figure it out. It's kind of all you can ask for at this point. I, I still think playoffs are going to be, you know, a no issue. So if you got to get it out of the way now, I guess that's something, right? Yeah. And the last time we previewed games, Andre Vasilevsky had a nine nineteen save percentage. Currently sitting overall at a nine fifteen now. Two really tough games uh, in this last little stretch. Our one game to look forward to this week is against the Philadelphia Flyers. And if there's been a team that's been colder than the Lightning, it's been the Flyers themselves, sitting two six and two. Their power plays last in the league. Goals for bottom three in the league. This team just does not have it. However, the one saving grace, Carter Hart, has looked better this year compared to a couple of the prior. Yeah, he most certainly has. He's still one of the better goalies in the league, even if he has struggled a bit last couple seasons. He's just got a ton of talent. But the rest of the team is just like they're they're terrible. Like that that's the nicest word you can use is they're just not very good. So there should be a good confidence boost boosting opportunity. Uh, this is the ultimate game to kind of bounce back, get get on, you know, maybe a bit of a winning streak. If it doesn't happen here, then oh boy, that's a little concerning. Yeah, we're feeling tough, that's for sure. Currently, the series being one-one, Philly won back in October three to two, December first, Tampa took it four to one. I'm I'm really hoping for a Carolina-like performance out of Tampa in this one. I, I want to see just pure dominance. Because that's the type of effort, that's the type of game that can kind of turn this whole thing around. If you if you squeak by, you know, a two one win where you're still getting outshot, I don't know if that turns things around. Yes, no, maybe it it could, it couldn't. You obviously want to score a bunch of that that should help the confidence. But even if you play a hard fought game, you come out on top. It's like, oh yeah, it was still. Uh, you know, a lesser team, but still an NHL team. And it was a hard to fought game. And we finally came out on top compared to the last couple. Maybe that's something that helps them too. I don't know. I, I just want them to get the win column and just keep it going from there. However it might be just, just find the win. I think that alone will have at least a base level of confidence boosting. Yeah. Really hoping that this is going to be the last time we're talking about trouble in Tampa over the rest of the season, but we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And on the other side of that commercial break, talking about the trade deadline and all things around the league. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I'm going for the same-game parlay of ball so hard. LaMelo Ball, 20-plus points, 6-plus rebounds, 7-plus assists, 4-plus made threes in today's game against the Miami Heat. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. 
Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Chase, now it's time to talk about our betting corner. Anything on the books tonight or any future bets you got placed right now? I, I got nothing right now. Oh. I, I just haven't. I, I don't know. I've, I've looked at the books. Like, just nothing's really grabbing me. It's like, oh, it's a good value, blah, blah, blah. So just kind of weighing it out, being patient. I came super close on a huge payday from the fights last night. So that, that would have been cool. But other than that, just kind of waiting out, seeing what I like. And we'll kind of go from there. You should have rode with Davey because he was there. He had it. He got uh what was it? 3000 payout on $10. Yeah. Just yeah. I- incredible, dude. Not too shabby. Uh, I got one bet on the books and I kind of wish I didn't place it before the combine. I've got Stetson Bennett going in the sixth round of the NFL draft I feel like he had a good enough combine to push his push himself into the fifth round, um, but if sixth round works out, I'm I'm super pumped about it. The one thing that was crazy is when he looked at the combine throws, Stetson Bennett was throwing it as far as Will Levis, and Will Levis is supposed to be the guy with the cannon. Yeah, Stetson Bennett sucks, Mike. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna get drafted, and I'm worried it's gonna be before the sixth round now. If it is, I mean, a team can waste a draft pick. That's fine. I, I, it wouldn't be good to be the same thing. I, I like Kenneth Hooker, but it's the same thing as team taking him in the first round. He's not going to be off his rookie contract until he's like 30. He's not growing anymore. I think he sets some meds in the same exact boat. Like, he's not really growing anymore. Like He is who he is. If, if you think that's good enough, then fine, I guess. Uh, that's perfectly good enough to be a backup. That's for sure. I, I guess that's fair. Um, also, did you see what Will Levis was saying about his arm? That like about bringing the cannons in or whatever. He said that he believes he's got the best arm that the NFL's seen in the last ten years. Oh yeah, I, I, I did see that. And my favorite part was uh, I'm in the scouting community a lot on Twitter, and everyone was just like, "Oh, has this guy been scouting quarterbacks over the last ten years?" Because <laughs> I mean, there's no other way he would know that, right? It's, it's it's very fair. That that is that is pretty funny. I kind of forgot about that. Also, Will Levis just not having the best combine. Um, like I, I'm rooting that the guy you know has a successful career, but he's just not my favorite character up to this point. What we've heard from interviews. So to see him get outclassed by the likes of Stetson Bennett and Dorian Thompson Robinson when it comes to actually throwing, it, it kind of made me smirk a little bit. I can't lie. You're just hating on the Mayo Coffee thing. I mean. Who doesn't? (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's finish off the trade deadline. This one, not the busiest trade deadline, but we know what happened leading up to it. And it still beat out, I think it was the likes of 2018 or 2019 when there was only 17 trades. And this this trade deadline, we had what, 18 or 19? Yeah, I can't remember the exact number, but it was one of those two. All right, let's start off. Uh, I'll let you pick where we start off because there's a couple that are a little bit lower level, and uh, you know you decide. So I can't remember. Did we cover the Ma- the Maskov trade? Uh, no. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out where we kind of left off. So let's see. Do do that would put us. Right, did we talk about Teddy Bluger? No. So Teddy Bluger, that was the oldest one then. Teddy Bluger to the Vegas Golden Knights for a third on draft pick 2024. It's a, you know, it's a solid addition, just kind of a depth guy. I don't think he's a big needle mover, but not too bad. Uh, moving on to one of our own trades, you know, Vladislav Meskov 
moved uh, to the San Jose Sharks for Michael Isamont, who is playing really like relatively well here in a very small sample size in the NHL. So we'll see what he can do for us down the stretch. If he can be a nice depth piece, that would be really nice. Uh, you know, I hate Team Vladdy go. He was one of the, you know, one of these guys that's always been in and out of, of Tampa Bay. Um, just one of their draft picks, and it's just a guy I've always been a, kind of a fan of. So tough to see him go. Wish him, you know, best of luck. But we also got a, a cheaper depth option, depth option, excuse me, out of it. So I'll take it. Yeah, I was going to say a question for you. I saw a lot of people saying the trade was uh, for cap reasons and that maybe GMJB was trying to make an extra move. No extra move eventually came in. Do you think that was the case? Or do you think that GMJB just thought this player was better than Domestikov? It was probably the former. And like still, even if you're you know, making that type of trade, Domestikov isn't someone that's probably long, around for the long haul. Or like I think it's how to pronounce. I don't even know. Um, he is someone that is playing well and is still a little bit younger, so maybe you can feel more comfortable keeping him a little bit longer too. So it's not like some giant needle mover again, one way or the other. But it's just it's something. All right, now we got a bigger one. We got Michael Granlin going to the Penguins for a second round pick, going back to Nashville. This was one of those moves where I feel like Michael Granlin, not necessarily a super old player, but I feel like he's already peaked. He's already past his prime. I mean, he probably is, but I still like Michael Granlin. I still think he's a very quality middle six NHL forward. So for that price, the Penguins thinking that they're they're in that cup window still, like, I don't really have an issue with it. Yeah. Okay, I feel you. And then Tyler Bertuzzi, I think that was probably the biggest trade on the trade deadline. Or no, this wasn't even the trade deadline. This was the day before. Yeah, it was. It was a big one. And. There had been rumors all year long that Tyra Tuesday was going to be on the move. Didn't seem like he was going to be coming to a deal with the Red Wings, and that is the case as Tyra Bertuzzi goes and strengthens the Boston Bruins even more in return for a in return was a conditional first round pick and a fourth round pick to the Detroit Red Wings. And Boston just got even better. I don't think they have a single hole in their lineup anywhere, so it's just going to make it even more fun trying to compete with them the rest of the year. Yeah, team's looking really nasty right now. Uh, let's move on to the Jonathan Quick trade. We talked about one already, that being from L.A. to Columbus. Columbus decided to grant Quick's wishes and send him to a contender. He now goes over to Vegas, and what sweet revenge it would be if Jonathan Quick could help Vegas eliminate LA when it comes to the playoffs. That would be cool, especially since the Western conference is so weak this year, like Vegas really has a chance. And if Jonathan quick can play like that, that would be cool. I would love to see him step up, have a big, you know, cup run performance, uh, ultimately lose to our Tampa landing in the cup finals, but watch him kind of run through, through the West. Jonathan quick, put up a Vesna ask type of season or not Vesna ask me a con Smythe ask type of playoffs. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Uh, now, Edmonton, they go out and get Nick Bukestad and Cam Deneen for a third-round pick and Michael Kesselring. Kesselring? Yeah, Kesselring. And, you know, it, it's I, I think Nick Bukestad's like the main piece here. Um, a guy that I, I do like as kind of that depth NHL forward, and then Cam Deneen is just an extra defenseman if you need him. And I don't think it's too bad of a value. Uh, third-round pick. For a team that thinks they're contending, it really is not much for for this type of guy. So I, I can get behind it for the Oilers. They really need to do whatever they can to bolster up that bottom six because McDavid can only do so much. Yeah, and a couple more depth moves as the Penguins go out and get Nick Badino as well as the Dallas Stars going to get Max Domi. 
Yeah, I, I like the Max Domi trade, honestly. Um, it's He's been playing as well as he can in uh, a horrible situation, but he's going to go down to Dallas, get a good opportunity. Um, I think there's there's a lot of talent there. Um, his second round pick goes in return, um, as well as Anton Kudobin, but I, I think that it's probably a really good fit down in Dallas. And then the other, who the hell did you even say? I don't remember. Nick Benino. Oh, yeah, Nick Benino. Um, he's very bald. I didn't realize how bald he was until I saw an interview with him um, at the Penguins. Nice. They asked, what you know, what, is, what has changed um, you know, for you from between last time you were here and now? He's like, yeah, I'm bald now. I was like, oh, my God, he's very bald. <laughs> but that's, that's about my analysis on that trade. Nice. Um, well, do you want to hit on a couple of these smaller ones or just move on up? Well, I can rip, rip through them real quick. Curtis Lazar uh, from the Vancouver Canucks, the New Jersey Devils, fourth-round pick, solid depth move. Brandon Lemieux, fifth-round pick for Zach McEwen, two depth moves there. Um, Nate Schnarr for Freddie Allard, basically just an American League move there. Um, then Vladislav Demeskov was also sent over to the Winnipeg Jets. Kind of forgot about that part, to be honest. For a fourth-round pick. Um, Chase Prisky for Austin Tron isn't really anything crazy. Scott Reedy for J- Jacob Peterson, again, just kind of depth move, nothing crazy. Dryden Hunt, right in Zorna, another one of those types of moves, too. So the next one on my list would be the Jordan Greenway deal, which I thought was an interesting one. Uh, Buffalo Sabres get Jordan Greenway from the Minnesota Wild. In return, they get a second round pick in 2023 and a fifth round pick in 2024. So Jordan Greenway, former first round pick. He was on that non-NHL Olympic team. Uh, he was one of the few college guys that made it. He's got a you know a great frame, got got some talent, and someone that I, I think has the making, you know, build ability wise to be I guess strong NHL power forward. Hasn't really fully come to fruition. Like he belongs in the league, that's for sure. But he hasn't really taken that next step. I think he still can. I think it's still there to be a really like nice contributing power forward type guy. So the Sabres are hoping that they can kind of get a good value there, like they did with kind of with Tage Thompson. Maybe he can step in and, and play a decent role for him. Yeah, not a bad bet for the Sabres as, you know, a team that was looking real tough a couple of years ago. And then for some reason, just all of these pieces they bring over, they're able to develop really nicely. So Jordan Greenway has that possibility as well. Um, Dmitry Kulikov, he heads over to the Pittsburgh Penguins for Brock McGinn and a third. Um, that's the Penguins' final move. And I did hear they were trying to go after JT Miller. However, that fell through. Yeah, that which that's the crazy thing to me. The Vancouver Canucks are absolute morons. First, they trade draft picks for Philip Peronik, which I didn't understand why, because the Canucks are not like a contending team. But whatever, at least he's still a younger guy with a year left on his deal after this. But then they say, no, we don't want to trade away JT Miller and his horrendous cap it because we were getting draft picks in return, not an NHL center. Like, what are you What are you talking about? This guy's a hindrance to your cap. I don't care if you were eating cap. You got to get him out of there. He doesn't want to be there. He's got a bad attitude. He's just way overpaid. You could have gotten probably a decent amount of draft picks in return, especially taking half that you know salary. But instead, you're just like, ah, nah, nah, let's keep him. What a bunch of idiots. Yeah, uh, so I don't know if this is a legit quote, but there is a quote out here that says, Vancouver said they liked the offer from the Penguins, but they can't take it because it was draft picks, and they don't need draft picks. They need a center. Yep, that that that's legitimate. So, to to have a team that is in this retool, I, I don't know if it's a full on rebuild, but it's at least a retool to say, you know, we like your offer, but future assets compared to an aging center with a bad cap, nah, we're good. 
and for other things, the Vancouver Canucks ended up making a deal, uh, you know, a, a big, you know, groundbreaking deal where they trade Wyatt, Wyatt Kalyanuk, who was a, you know, maybe may an angel guy, maybe play some angel games for future considerations. So instead of getting rid of JT Miller getting draft picks, they're getting rid of depth defensive for legitimately nothing. Yeah. Uh, I think the very last trade that is big enough to talk about, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the John Kleenberg going to Minnesota trade. You know, we can mention real quick, Stetcher and Nick Ritchie traded for Connor McKay and Brett Ritchie. I think it's the first time brothers are traded for each other in the NHL. So I did want to bring up that one real quick. But outside of that, yeah, it would be John Klingberg. It was definitely, I mean, it's not surprising because I thought he was going to get moved like at, at some point. But for what it was, um, you know, Andre Suster writes to Nikita Nesterink on a fourth-round pick. I don't know. Seems like like a solid value. I, I don't understand what the Wild are trying to do here. I guess that like they didn't really give up a ton. Like, Nesterenko, you know, might be someone who can come over and play NHL games down the road, but they really didn't get, give up a lot for a guy who is a talented defenseman. Um, if you can re-sign him, it, it's a good offensive driving guy from the back end. If you lose him, I guess you're not losing a ton. But it, it was just like it was random. Yeah, definitely was. Um, and how weird is that call with? Nick and Brett, one of them calls the other, says, hey, man, I'm coming to Calgary. Oh, oh, I'm going to Arizona. <laughs> Just... it, it, it had a, like, I had like, I'd be so funny if that happened that way, too. That, that, that'd be so funny. Yeah. Do they even say hi to each other in the airport? Do they even see each other? Probably not. Maybe as they're yeah, going through the not. air, they can see each other. They can just wave through the window. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, that, that, that's too funny. It's so weird. Like it's so funny yeah all right chase well there's talk uh maybe not talk but it's in the google docs that there's possibly two new expansion teams coming to the nhl yeah well apparently some insiders are hinting that there could be two new expansion teams coming to the nhl as you just said so first would be the return of a team to the atlanta market oh how about that um you know it's First of all, this article is wrong, um, but I, I saw something on Twitter about this first, and they clicked, I found a different article about it as well, too. This article said, um, yeah, the NHL famously failed in its first attempt in with the Atlanta Thrashers, which was their second attempt because the Atlanta Flames were there, but beside the point. Um, second market would be in Texas, which would probably be in Houston, which Houston's actually been um, you know, a, a Team that or a city that could actually, I think, field an NHL team. If they were going to expand to 33, that would be one of the markets I'd want to go to for, for a team. So that one's not super super surprising. The Atlanta one is quite surprising to me. Um, I guess just because there's not a like not a ton of like pro sports in Georgia, really. Like there's you know there's some, but it's not like they're you know completely loaded. And their pro sports teams kind of suck anyway. But maybe may, who knows? Maybe an NHL team would do well there finally. But Kevin Weeks did kind of hint of this being the case and Kevin Weeks has always got a bunch of inside information ever since he's kind of been doing this role. He's had some good scoops. So there's at least some merit to it. Give me the thrashers. I want them back. Uh, I I think that it makes sense why they want to bring back an Atlanta team just because it's Gary Bettman and he's keeping Arizona there. So why not bring in another market that's failed multiple times and just try to keep that running? So I can understand like you really want to grow into these different markets, and that's a great market, but I, I know it would fail because of the lack of people live here. But if, if you want to really expand in new markets, go to like Wyoming or Montana or something like 
the, the, those places you have just nothing going on and they would love a pro sports team. But at the same time, like you get, you get the whole town coming in and you have 600 fans. So I, I can understand. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about expansion overall? Do you like the idea? I don't know. I don't want the league to have more than 36. So if they're going to expand fine, um, not 19th for a division, fine, whatever. But I, I hate that. Like, I hate there being an odd number, like 34, 33, you know, like I, I don't like the 33 would, would be annoying. So if you're going to add some add to and 34 is still a weird number. So at that point, just get it to 36 and I would be fine. It'd still be exciting. Cause there'd be new brands. It'd be expansion drafts. So all oh, that would be exciting, but it, it's just a lot going on. I think they're at a good number with this 32. I mean, you look at what, Bas- or basketball baseball have their at 30 what football has 32 so if they add more then they'd have the most teams in professional sports here in north america while also having probably the most like watered down market of players as there's you know more more people in the united states to play basketball football and baseball like individually than there is for hockey so i i don't you know i i don't know it it, it could work and i i think it just give more guys opportunities to play in the nhl but 32 is probably a good number. I agree with you. I like where it sits right now. Um, if there is going to be guaranteed expansion, I feel like we should just wait, add four teams the same exact year, make it 36. Because right now, how the divisions are played out, and uh, you know, I, I think all of us are hoping for a little bit of a change when it comes to um, divisions, at least for playoff-wise. You know, Make it more conference-oriented rather than division-oriented. But... How it sits right now, four divisions, eight teams in each. Like, it's perfect. So if you're going to bring in more teams, do it in pairs of four so that, you know, you get an even balance still. I agree. And, you know, I am I am cool with 36 as well because that means if 16 teams make playoffs, it, it's less than 50% of teams in the league make playoffs. And I, I don't have a problem with that. Like, you should really be separating yourself to make playoffs, not be – you know, in the Western Conference and have a 500 record, but still sneak in because your conference is bad. I, I want you to be able to separate yourself. Or if the league really wants to add in playoff or play in games, then there you go. You get play in series having 18 teams that make it and you can fight for that spot there. So regardless, if they go to 36 or even 34, I guess like it's, it can still be a win for the NHL and I, I get it, but I, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. And if it does happen, I think at first I'd probably bitch and moan a little bit, but I mean, when you go through that whole expansion draft process and then the team going through their first NHL draft, that's always super fun. Well, unless you're Seattle and the expansion draft might have been the worst possible expansion picks we've ever seen, but it is fun. It It, it is. I, I agree. And Seattle's was hard to watch. They're playing a lot better this season, so maybe there was you know some rationale behind it. But going back, you know, one, one final point I had about the 36 team thing. Yeah, like bring in four together if you want, or like at least bring in two at a time. I guess if if not four, don't bring in just one. I want it to be a legitimate expansion draft where like you're doing the snake draft, not just one team's picking from you know all the others. I want I want a draft. I, I want you know these guys to be battling for for the other players. That that would make it exciting. Yeah, for sure. All right, last but not least, Connor Bedard. I mean, this kid is fantastic, and we know he is going to be the first overall pick. Got a little update. Yeah, so I just kind of want to share some fun facts of the day. So he has officially hit the same games played mark that Connor McDavid had in his draft year. Um, Connor McDavid only got to play 47 because he broke his hand in a fight. I don't know why the hell potential for its overall pick was fighting, but he did. 
And that's what happened. He, I remember, I remember it very distinctly. He went to fight, punched the glass, broke his hand, you know, and he was done. But Conor Bedard, he's now at that forty-seven game mark. Comparing the two, Conor Bedard has twenty or one hundred twenty-three points. Excuse me. Conor McDavid had one twenty. Conor Bedard fifty-nine goals, sixty-four assists. Conor McDavid forty-four goals, seventy-six assists. Then compare their their time at the U twenties. Because both guys played at the World Juniors U twenty tournament. Conor Bedard had his 23 that he had this year. Conor McDavid only had 11. So when I mentioned people that Conor Bedard might be a legitimately better prospect than Conor McDavid, people are like, what are you? What the hell are you talking about? Are you nuts? But like number, numbers don't lie. They, they just they just don't. Right now, Conor Bedard's on pace for a 72 goal, 150 point season through 57 games. Go ahead and tell me that he, that's not a, a better prospect. Like, I, please just try to tell me that he's not because he just is. Sure. He's not the dynamic skater that Conor McDavid is, who Conor McDavid is probably the best skater in NHL history. But Conor Bedard is just like I maybe everything else he does is better. He has the most impressive shot I've ever seen. He the, some of the passes he makes are just absolutely ridiculous. I remember that one to Shane Wright in the uh, World Juniors. I think it was the pre-tournament play. Um, like no one even knew he just passed the puck except for Shane Wright. Shane Wright didn't even celebrate. He just went over to Conor Bedard. Was like, dude, that was that was disgusting. I can't believe you just did that. It, th- those are the type of things I know McDavid does those as well, but the way Conor, or the way that Conor Bernard does things, dude, like, it's just it, it, it's so special. He is really solidifying himself as one of the greatest prospects of all time, and uh, is fighting for his best to be the greatest outside of you know Mary Lemieux, maybe. Yeah, and it's been fun to watch both Connors this year because a lot of talk about Bedard being that number one guy in this draft class, and could he rival McDavid when it comes to actual skill? And then you see Connor McDavid putting up the same type of pace. Uh, not exactly, obviously. He's played a little bit more games, but he's already at the 120-point mark in the NHL. So to see these guys keep going tit-for-tat with these points, these goals, it's been fantastic. And I'm really excited to see them both in the same league. Obviously, Bedard a lot younger and playing in a, in a league that's not as impressive, but you just heard it from Chase. Connor McDavid at this point, was not performing quite as good as Connor Bedard, even though it was still otherworldly. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like it's things that you, you you're just not going to see very often. You'll see that that like you know every 15, 20 years. Like really, uh, right now we're blessed that we we've been able to see these guys. You know, in what has been eight year span, the Connor McDavid and Connor Bedard which is just crazy because you, you don't see those levels of talents come in at the same time or even that close to each other in the NHL. So it is a ton of fun and the things that he's doing, just, just cherish it because you, you, you guys aren't realizing how special it is. I, I know people are realizing that it's special, but like to the level that it is, like it's, it's otherworldly. Like it, it, it truly is just, uh, dude, it, it's incredible. I, I will still say that the only Draft total season, I think, has been better in terms of everything going on is Mario Lemieux because Mario had like four points a game his draft year. Like, no one's beating that. Yeah. Speaking of otherworldly, let's get to the best segment in all podcasting history hockey name of the day. We've got oh, Massimo Rizzo. Massimo. It's Italian. Massimo yeah, Rizzo. Massimo. Michael. Yeah. yeah, Massimo. Like I said. Massimo. Yeah. So Massimo Rizzo is a Carolina. Hurricanes draft pick, actually, 21 years old, currently playing NCAA hockey at the University of Denver. You know, I figured this was a good one with how much if you go on TikTok, every time you see anything, it's just like talking about Riz and these stupid kids just being like, oh, yeah, they're Riz. I know you love that word, Mike. So 
if they're getting Massimo Rizzo, maximum Riz, you know, maybe that'd be something that's up your alley. Yeah, the Rizard of Oz. Oh, Massimo yeah. Rizzo. Yes, yeah, so, also stupid. But yeah, Massimo Rizzo, 46 points through 36 games, second year of college hockey. He's he's a pretty talented kid. Um, someone that I think we're gonna see get some NHL opportunities. He'll definitely end up with a contract. Still two years of NCAA if he wants to take him. Maybe he leaves early. I guess we'll kind of see. Nice. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, if you would, hit him with an outro. As always, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Well, right, you can follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts that are right there. Boom, click the logo. That's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Right, we're listening to five stars, send us questions, comments, concerns. Whatever you do, don't forget to go to THPN. Thanks for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.